Today's episode of Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. For the win! Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim. I'm a WNBA reporter doing stuff for Her Hoop Stats, Winsider, a few other places. You'll find me mostly on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. That's where I'm yelling most of the time about the wonderful basketball that's being played in the WNBA. I'm alongside Amy Audibert, a former University of Miami center, a current WNBA color commentator, basketball commentator, and of course, our resident gym rat. Mm-hmm. How are you doing on this lovely Monday? Amy? I'm good. I'm starting to feel the pressure of playoffs approaching so yes. these last couple of weeks, right? <laughs> yes. No, the pressure of playoffs are approaching, and that's why you have to subscribe to this podcast, Lockdown Limits Basketball. We're coming at you every single day with the biggest news in the WNBA. Today, it is us giving you a recap on all the basketball that has happened in the past week. And Tuesday, it will be Eric Ayala talking about uh, top games, top matchups coming up for the rest of the week. She'll be back on Thursday to do her social justice episodes. And then on Wednesday, it'll be Lindsay Gibbs breaking down a team. Um, I'm not entirely sure which team she's doing this week, but it's always good. You, you, she's talking to a beat reporter. She's Lindsay Gibbs. You know who she is. And then on Friday, uh, Howard Megdell will be talking to Angel McCautry. Really excited for that big Friday conversation. And I do want to recommend, if you have not listened to Eric Ayala's show last Thursday uh, it coincided with the the WNBA players didn't want to call what they did a strike but their day of reflection where they took um, Thursday and Friday of last week to not play games to focus on the social justice issues that they have dedicated the season to in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake the violence in Kenosha Wisconsin that's been caused largely by the uh, opposition to to the movement that the WNBA is is dedicating this season to, and just to the um, inequality in the in American society for Black people, uh, of which eighty percent of this league is Black. Um, I think that's where we have to start. We'll talk about the basketball because that's what we do. That's what we love. That's what we're here for. I think it also would be a disservice to the WNBA to not talk about the basketball that they were playing because they are sacrificing so much to be here, both mentally and physically. And, and that's not lost on us. So I think it is really important to talk about basketball. I think we do have to start on um, what the WNBA and the NBA and many other professional leagues in this country and, and internationally all did um, to, to take a, to take a beat and say, you know, there's still things that are wrong in this country um, and not play sports in recognition of that. So Amy, I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on um, everything that happened last week and um, what the WNBA did. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I've spent a lot of time just trying to listen and, and, and understand and try to understand and collect information because I think we're all in this place where how can we help? How can we do better? Um, we need to, but when this all started last week, this didn't start as a, let's take a day off or two days off. Let's take a moment of reflection. No, 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 no. This started with one of the most powerful leagues in the world saying we might not be playing the rest of our season. This is serious now. 
and I was not surprised to see the women later that day follow suit. And it wasn't a, we're just taking a break. Women had conversations about not returning to play the season out because we are at a point, a tipping point where we need change. And I think when this all happened, and by the way, the WNBA, I mean, the pictures that Holly Rowe sent out about the, the teams on the court together, you, you get this confirmation again that these women are serious. This wasn't a, a statement because they had to. This was teams, I think, it, who was it? It was Atlanta and Washington starting yes. on the court, speaking together. This had nothing to do about basketball. This is about livelihood and not just about livelihood of athletes. This is about livelihood of the human race and in particular, social justice in the USA. And it's just, it's empowering, but it's also a huge statement that we need to change. But let's not forget, Gabe, and this is where the WNBA, to me, is the trailblazing professional sports organization. Let's not forget, on July 9th in 2016, before Colin Kaepernick took a, year, a knee, over a month before Colin Kaepernick took a, year, a knee, Lindsey Whalen, Simone Augustus, Maya Moore, and Rebecca Brunson showed up to a press conference with t-shirts that said change starts with us, justice and accountability. They were fined at first, right? And then they took back all that stuff. The WNBA have been so progressive. These women have never been scared to stand up for what they believe in. And I'm just, I'm, I'm proud, not that I'm a part of the organizations, not that I've ever put my shoes on, but I'm just so proud of this league and these women and it, you, we, we have to get behind them more. I mean, you and I, we obviously love the league. We study the league, but people who love athletics and especially those dumbs, dumb, dumbs that cut up this league, they need to start getting behind these women because they have been the forefront on the fight for social, social justice before any other league. I totally agree with that. And I think I saw a tweet that was like Maya Moore set the tone. Don't forget about it. Maya Moore set the tone. I think that's that's hugely important. Um, I also, you know, I think Eric Ayala, and again, I really want you guys to go back and listen to the Thursday show that she did with Dorothy Gentry because they talked about Satu Sable and her and her um, social activism as such a young player in this league. But they also talked about, um, you know, just, just what it's like to be a black person in this country. And I think that's wildly important. So go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't, she'll definitely have something great on Thursday on this topic. Again, I really like want to recommend going to say that, but I agree. I mean, I think she said, um, Erica said, yes, this is a pride, you know, you should be proud of the league, but the, it doesn't stop with that. Like you're saying, like, no, we have to no. do something to get behind them. And I just want to address a couple of things here. Cause obviously I don't think my perspective is particularly important. Like you should listen to black people in particular, black women who are being affected by our society every single day in a negative way. Um, you should go read books on, on these topics. I have the color of law behind me right now because I'm reading it and it's really changed my perspective on everything. And I think um, as someone who's a, a lawyer, I've learned a lot about this in the past. Um, but, uh, you know, I think just like, I want to, th- there's so much talk about, well, what's the point? What do the players want? And to me, I thought that was so absurd. Like if the player, the, the players don't need to want anything from not playing, 
they could just be fed up with a society that, like Clippers head coach Doc Rivers said, uh, they are tired of loving a country that does not love them back. It's it sh- it could just be that, and it's not that. The the athletes have made real change in both the NBA and the WNBA, and made concrete steps to provide the change. But even if they didn't, what they did was to show that you know they have power, and their power should not be limited to them bouncing a basketball. Their power is in in who they are as people and they and we have to step up to make sure that this country does love them back and and make a better place not just for them but for the people that come after us and it's just i i really i really rubbed me the wrong way when everyone's first reaction to this was well what do the players want what's the point i think the other thing that um to me is 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 important here is a lot of people said well the players made history uh, the, the the NBA, WNBA made history, and yes, they did. This is unprecedented. This has never happened in the history of American sports, where an entire league of players said we are not playing because of what is happening in the world to to people that look like us. That this has never happened before. And yes, they made history. But guess what? You also make history every single day. Like we always think of social justice and civil rights as something that. Um, is pushed by leaders, is pushed by, you know, a Martin Luther King, a Malcolm X, a, a, everyone who has been a part of the, you know, the Black Lives Matter organizers. We think they're the people that make history, but no, they are not. Like, we also make history. Like, it's every person has to do something every single day to push history in the right direction because every time we look back, it seems inevitable that segregation will end. It seems inevitable that slavery would end. It seems inevitable that all the things that have happened would happen. But it is not inevitable. It is because of what the WNBA and the NBA players are doing in addition to what we are doing to make history happen. I just really want to stress like that responsibility on people that you got to do something. And, and, and hey, look, not everyone can go to a protest. I understand that. Not everyone can be a full-time activist. Not everyone can be you know, a, a public defender helping people. Not everyone can, can make policy but you can do something in your everyday life even if it's just educating yourself and the people around you to make yourselves better people and understand these issues that's how you make history that's how you join the fight the one thing i would add to that gabe is that i think one thing we've learned over the last six months but really over the last you know a long time is the 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 importance of leadership or the lack thereof Mm -hmm. leadership and i'm not just talking about government i'm talking about you know, state, I'm talking about leadership in our leagues and leadership in our local police departments and and leadership is, it's so important. It's literally a matter of life and death right now. And so when we talk about making a change in individual accountability, you can vote. Everyone can do that. And again, that's not easy for some people. I think that's the one thing that these athletes are really trying to do right now is they're trying to make it easier for people to vote because there is voter oppression. It's real. It's scary. But I think the one thing that these, they've done a lot over the past week, but the one thing that's on the forefront is they are trying to allow people to get out and vote because it is their right. And that's where, to me, that's where this all starts is we have to, if you're not happy with the way things are going, you've got to change the leadership. Yep. And I I think, I think that's on all of us to vote. I think it's on all of us to um, make sure that we're educated in our in what we're who we're voting for, 
And that takes work and that takes time, but it's your responsibility as a person on this earth who wants to see things continue to get better, you need to do something about it. And, and I think you have to go, you have to go register the vote. Um, that's step one. And I think that is the least you could do. Just go to vote.gov. It's pretty easy to get registered to vote. I think you can even just like text in to vote. Um, and the WNBA has many, many resources on this topic, but just Google it and you could get registered to vote and you can make a difference in the future of this country. Um, okay, we're going to take a beat and we are going to talk about basketball in just a second. We're going to talk about basketball now. Again, I would think it's a disservice if we don't talk about the basketball because the basketball has been awesome in the past week, past season. And we only have like, we're, I think we have two, ep- we have a one episode before the end of the season and then we have one episode before the playoffs. So we have two episodes and then we're in the playoffs. So two weeks, guys, and we are getting to uh, the end of this great WNBA season. So uh, we're going to talk kind of about this middle of the standings group, four, five, six. The Minnesota Lynx are at 10 and five. The Chicago Sky are at 10 and six. The Phoenix Mercury are at nine and seven. All of these teams are currently trying to get to that four seed because in the WNBA, you get a first round buy into that second round of single elimination games. If you're a top, if you're a top four seed, if you're the top two seed, you get a buy to the semifinals. Um, that seems to be kind of a, a mix between the Sparks, Aces, and Storm fighting for that grouping. So in this grouping, I think we have to start with the Chicago Sky. Uh, lots of news came out uh, over the weekend. I believe it was on Friday. The team announced that Diamond Shields and Azari Stevens had left the bubble. Azare Stevens has a, uh, I want to get it right here, a author, um, some sort of knee injury. So I, it's, it's an ortho something defect. It's, uh, she's going to a knee specialist to get that all cleared up. We hope that she is okay and ready for next season. She's going to be out for the rest of the season. Diamond the Shields left the bubble as well because of personal issues, uh, personal reasons. We don't know what they are. We don't need to know what they are. We just hope that Diamond's okay and everything's okay with her. Um, But she is not expected to be back by the end of the season, according to James Wade. So both those players are gone. Both those players are huge for this team. Uh, Azrae was absolutely a breakout star for them. Uh, this season, she was putting up. Let me see. She's putting six. up eleven point. Yeah, twelve and six, baby. Point, I mean, <laughs> that's solid. And um, and really great defense. She was averaging one point eight blocks per game. Mm-hmm. She gave. She cleaned up so many messes for them on the weak side. She was really, really showing a lot of talent. And unfortunately, had her season ended again because of injury. Diamond the Shields was struggling this year because of an injury, and it's really you know Amy Amy's picked her to be the her MVP this season and that wasn't like a controversial pick at the beginning of the year so Amy um you know how does Chicago survive something like this well first of all you know they had a pretty strong start to the season so it's helped them right they're sitting at 10 and 6 right now um you know Courtney Vandersloot is a candidate for MVP so when when one of the best players in the league handles the ball you hope you have a fighting chance at least, right? Mm-hmm. Running the offense. Of course, she's joined by Ali Quigley right beside her. Kalia Copper. They do have a nice, strong front line there. And really, oh, yeah. Cheyenne Parker has always been my personal, one of my personal favorite players yeah. just because she's a beast and I, and I love her game. But to me, what this means is Gabby Williams, mm-hmm. they need a little bit more from her. They need a couple more points, a little bit more rebounding. You know, Stephanie Dolson, you hope that, 
She's getting back in there. Um, didn't have a great game against Seattle. She was over four from the field, but over three from three. And I think they need her inside at the rim a little bit because oh, yeah. as much as Azure kind of can face up from the three and attack, they do need some size at the rim. Right. So you need a little more from her. I think Ruthie's coming along. So they've got some players that I think are on the verge of stepping up and giving them more, but now there's a bit more pressure on them. They can't take another couple games to find that yeah. rhythm, right? They've got to you know, starting with, they've got Minnesota, Washington, they've got Los Angeles, Atlanta, Dallas, and Indiana left. So they still have the potential to win a nice collection of games and go into playoffs with a nice standing. And when, as we know, game, with the WNBA playoffs, with a single elimination in those mm -hmm. first couple rounds, anything can happen. And so if I'm Chicago, yes, it is a tremendous loss to lose Azure and Diamond at this point. Because, and the thing I will say is, even though Diamond was a little banged up from the start and hasn't had that season that I thought she was going to have, she still puts pressure on defense because you oh, and yeah. I and everybody else knows what Diamond Shields is capable of when she is healthy and ready to go. And so, yes, not having those two women certainly doesn't help them but I think they've got some others I'm not going to say secret but they've got some other weapons that just haven't quite found their their flow or you know Ruthie's a she's a rookie yeah so she's had that opportunity now they're going to need a little bit more from I think especially those three players and uh, I'm I'm now I'm more excited because you you never doubt a Courtney Vandersloot and what she brings and and the tools around her she knows how to use them I, I agree with all that. I mean, I do think they're, they're not like forlorn. I mean, they did lose to New York, which is a very tough loss yeah. to take. Um, but I, I, I don't think they're like forlorn or they're out of it or they're like suddenly going to be a terrible team. Um, they, they certainly have talent. Uh, they're running with eight players right now. They traded for Stephanie Mavunga. That's another news act, uh, item actually that I mentioned up top. They traded for Stephanie Mavunga. They traded uh, Jonta Lavender, who is out for the season, um, along with a second and third round pick in next year's draft for Mavunga, who um, has a connection with James Wade. I think she played for James Wade overseas last season i'm not entirely sure um but she's she she can provide some good uh front court depth and and probably give them just like you, you kind of just need like a warm body at this point to get on the court and, and to me i'll just say them making that type of trade means they're still competing like oh, they yeah. still believe that they can make a big push here and and i i love to see that right this is not all yeah. two of our top you know top rotation players are, are out of the bubble now so we'll see what happens no no no. they still believe that they have an opportunity to push and i think you can always get behind teams like that i i totally agree i i'd like them i think they're and they're really well coached they are sitting decently pretty at five however you really don't want to you, you don't want to fall from five to six here here's why because so chicago's at sky at, at five phoenix is at six the sixth seed has to play the seventh seed, who is looking like it's going to be the Connecticut Sun. Connecticut Sun have struggled a little bit this year, but they're really, really good. They have DeWanna Bonner. They have Alyssa Thomas. They have players who went to the finals last year and know what it's like to play in big playoff games. To me, if I am one of these three teams here that we're, that we're talking about, the Lynx, the Sky, and the Mercury, I really, really, really do not want to be the sixth seed. Like, I got to do everything I can to be four or five. And pre preferably four, but if I can't be four – I'm going to be five. Uh, that for Chicago is complicated by the fact that the Phoenix Mercury um, have been outstanding in the last two games by offensive rating. They are the best offensive team in the league in the past two games. And that's pretty shocking because 
uh, Brittany Griner has not played in the last three games. She is still out of the bubble for personal reasons. Again, we, we extend, you know, all our hopes that everything's okay for Brittany. Um, it's looking like she may not be back this season. So we just really hope that she's okay. Uh, Bria Hartley went down with a scary knee injury. Uh, I haven't seen anywhere what exactly that injury is, but she is out for the season and she was absolutely massive. If you listen to our show last week, we really got into how much she could help this team. And now she's gone. However, they still have one person on this team whose name <laughs> We're is... Not gonna, she's not... No, no, no. Not a person. <laughs> she, she's a, a legend. Slightly, uh, maybe slightly like some immortalness or uh, some kind of higher power in there. <laughs> she, she is a legend, and she is playing like a legend. Diana Taurasi. I'm mm. going to pull up her stats from the last couple games because they have been insane. She uh, yesterday put up... 23 points, 12 rebounds, four assists in a win against Minnesota, which is huge, as we are mentioning in the standings battles. She put up 14, uh, 6, and 7 against Washington and hit some incredible shots in that one. In the previous game against Washington, all she did was put up 34 points in that game. Uh, so, yeah, Diane Taurasi is still really, really good at basketball. Overall, though, I think I've been impressed with Phoenix's response to Brittany Griner and Bria Hartley going down. Just all of their players stepped up. So where do you, where do you think they end up in this, uh, this mix here? Well, you got to look at who they have left too, right? right? You've got Los Angeles, Indiana, New York, Connecticut twice, and Seattle. Again, mm. a lot of opportunity to, to win some ball games against some teams that are struggling a bit. Uh, but yes, all a lot. I'm not going to say all, but a lot is laying on the shoulders of Diana Tarazi to, to get her team through this. However, Skylar Diggins Smith is she was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, she is also not that you'd expect anything less from her, yes. right? It's just, but there's a difference between expecting it and then actually going out and doing it, right? And uh, but I think it also puts a little bit more right. Shay Petty's got to get in here and get going. I mean, I think she's going to be okay. Shatori Walker Kimbrough, right? She has championship experience. She yep. knows how to get out there and play. Sophie Cunningham, got to hit shots. Go in and hit oh, some yeah. shots, right? Alana yeah. Smith, Brianna Turner, they, Kia Vaughn. Kia Vaughn. Right? Like, I mean, the thing is, you look at this Phoenix team, and by the way, I mean, I read something, and correct me if I'm wrong, Minnesota is 19-1 and against Phoenix in the last five years going into yesterday's game. Phoenix was not supposed to win that ball game yesterday. Okay, no. and and I mean that's it's it's weird to say that when you when you talk about who's on their roster, yeah. right? But just but they come out because there was those intangibles, right? That little extra umph. And when Brittany Griner is not available, and Bria Hartley, the news comes out that she's done for the season. It's that little extra thing inside of you. And when you talk about some of our all-time greats, DT and Skyler, they do lead the way. They do oh, yeah. set the tone. And, and also Sandy Brondello, right? Like she's just so next woman up. That's just, that's always been her mentality. And, and these players are, are certainly following. I mean, they've won three straight now, right? Three straight. Yeah. Yes. They've won three straight. So. Skylar Smith and DT are legends and they are not going to let this team slip into mediocrity. Um, they are currently in that six, seven matchup. Uh, and I think, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be really strong in a single elimination game because they have Diane Strauss and Skylar Dickens-Smith. Um, yeah. But it is that chase, right? It's that four, five, and six yeah. right now. It's Minnesota, Chicago, and Phoenix. If you want to watch, like, if you want to see the game within the game here, it's mm -hmm. those three teams. Because like you said, to me, they are all bringing something special to the table. 
I agree. I agree. Uh, let's let's flip over the Minnesota though. So they're still um, without Sylvia Fowles. Uh, she's missed a bunch of games. I'm not sure the exact count, but she's missed she's missed enough games that it is pretty concerning. Um, I'm imagining she's going to be back um, in the season because they haven't ruled her out, but y- you never know. Um, but they they have still a ton of talent on this team. Nafisa Collier is playing great basketball. Obviously, Sims is looking pretty good yesterday, notwithstanding where she did not have a great game, but she has looked pretty good. She almost put up a triple double. Um, after being pregnant in April, which is absolutely yeah, that's insane. what I say. I don't care what her stats are for the rest of the right. season. That woman just had a baby, and I mean, she also all had to leave that baby. That baby is not in the wobble. I mean, yeah. we talk about physically. What about the mental, the mental strain also on Miss Odyssey right now? But my gosh, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But Crystal, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, run on Crystal because wow, she's coming up too. I mean, she she had 20 points. Three rebounds, two assists, unbelievable talent. Um, somehow slipped to the second round. I think you know that's a Jedi mind trick by uh, by Cheryl Reeve. But yeah, I mean she's to me clearly rookie of the year. I don't think there's like much of a debate. Um, but what do you what do you see going forward for Minnesota? Obviously they're in that four spot. They want to desperately hold on to it. This loss against Phoenix is not great for them. But what what's going to happen for them going forward? Let me just say also, Odyssey left her baby with her family. She didn't just yes. Yeah, yeah, she's, I want to make sure I clarify that. Okay, the baby is obviously yes. Okay, um, I'm seeing depth. 32 points off the bench in that Phoenix game, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm seeing Rachel Benham. I'm seeing Herbert Harrigan, Erica McCall, Shanice Johnson. Yeah. I mean, it's it's and and to me, the X factor for Minnesota is always Cheryl Reeve. Yes, this is a team that if you look at losing Sylvia Fowles, okay, who Brittany Griner, Sylvia Fowles are the ultimate fives in this league and still climbing and still in that fourth spot right now because they find ways to get it done every game, it feels like, right? And I know they just dropped that game to Phoenix, but they came back. They were down 22 points. That was a three-point game towards the end, right? Yeah. I always like to look at, at this point in the season, who you got left. They've got... Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, and Indiana. That's tough. <laughs> they've got – well, it's tough, but at the same time, they've got a nice position right now. And I yep. think if they do get – if they do get Sill back, look out. Because, you know, you look at that Phoenix game, Lexi Brown went one for eight. That doesn't happen all the time, mm-hmm. right? That's a close game. So – um and Odyssey, yeah, like I do, do think it's gonna when she gets in her full stride coming. You bring Odyssey Sims off the bench, which I, I don't see them changing that right now, right? You got a good thing going on, but yeah, I don't think so. Either. I mean, I you insert right. Sil and, and Nafis is just she's a beast, and 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 so I'm just excited to see how Minnesota can finish these last two weeks off. Um, so that's the four, five, six teams, Minnesota, Chicago, Phoenix. Watch out for them because that's going to be a really, really important race there in the middle of the standings. And we'll talk about the back end of the standings by talking about the Dallas Wings in just a second. Just as a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on WBB to keep up with everything that we are doing on the show. And please you know, give us a tweet, give us a rating, give us a review on your favorite podcast network or your favorite social media app. Just tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you want to hear more of. And we will be right back to talk more about 
The WNBA. Have you ever had a candy bar and thought, man, that was delicious. I just wish that was healthy. Well, our friends at Built Bar have the solution for you. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And guess what? It's healthy. It's perfect for the health conscious person looking to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great for a keto diet. And if you're doing a keto diet, during the pandemic, just amazing for you. Very proud of you. Way to go. The Built Bar also has offering six new flavors. There's caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, which I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds delicious. There's a almond, an apple almond crisp, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, anything to satisfy your tasty needs while also getting you a healthy snack. So make sure to grab a Built Bar when you are at the grocery store or go to BuiltBar.com. There you can get uh, potentially a free cooler with purchase. Uh, that's while supplies last. Or you can use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. So use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bar ever. We talked a lot about the middle of the standings for the WNBA, and we are back to talk about the team in the eighth spot right now, the Dallas Wings. They are sitting at... 6-10, and ten, and they are one game up on the Indiana Fever, who are 5-10. and ten. But Dallas has the tiebreaker by virtue of beating Indiana twice, including yesterday in a game where this shouldn't shock anybody, but it is always impressive to say Arike Ngubawale had 30 points on 11 of 22 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3, an unbelievable performance from her. Well, not unbelievable. Like, she literally does this all the time. Uh, Arike has scored 20 or more points for every game since August 14th when the last game before that she scored 19 points and the last year before that she scored over 20. She scored over 20 points in pretty much every single game this year except for four. So that's insane. Uh, she, I believe she already, since she came into the league, she has the most 20 point games of any player in the WNBA. I believe she has overtaken the top four the 30-point games in the time that she has been in the league. She has already scored 30 points in more games than Kansas Dupree has, than Asia Wilson has, than professional bucket getters in this league, and she is in her second year. This team, which is set up for the future, you got to remember, this is the second youngest team. I think this is, no, this is the youngest team in the WNBA. This team is set up for the future, but they're playing excellent basketball right now, as Amy has been telling you all season long to keep your eye on Dallas. Amy. They're proving you right. How do you feel? Well, even like last season, um, calling Dallas and, and watching Dallas, even though they didn't win a whole ton of ball games, they competed in a lot of ball yeah. games, and they were long, young last year. And uh, I'm not surprised. I, I always said like I think Dallas was that team where if you kind of divide the league up into three levels, they're always the top of that bottom level, but they're also pushing to get into that middle tier. And yes, they are led by. Arike, but they've got some stars, right? They've got some, because there's a reason why Arike, well, first of all, the top reason she's offensively one of the most gifted players we'll probably see in our lifetimes, but also, right, like you can't just put two or three on her, right? There's some tools and we say they're the most, they're the youngest team. The most experienced players on their roster are four, are in their fourth seasons in Kayla Thornton and Astu do. I mean, you look at other teams, other teams have players that are 11 years, you know, 10, eight, seven years. And I mean, they've got two players that are in the fourth 
in their fourth W season, and they're the most experienced players on this team. You have got to give credit to the president and CEO, Greg Bibb. Because next year, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but looking, doing some, some research, like, like next season, they've got a first round. They traded in a three team trade with Washington and New York, yep. right? They've got a first round pick from Washington and a second round pick from New York. They're going to continue to build some pieces around their core. We haven't even talked about Mariah Jefferson. Marina Mabry, yeah. I think, is a wonderful compliment. Yeah, uh, Mariah's, Mariah's out for the season, which is, and I believe Izzy Harris, I'm, I'm not, I believe Izzy Harrison is also out for the season. So yeah. they're not even at full strength. And we really hope, mean. we really hope Mo Jeff and Izzy are, are okay because if they are, this team is going to be really good next year. Yeah. And I mean, let's, we haven't, I haven't even mentioned Satu yet. Yeah. I mean, Satu's I mean, been amazing. Satu, you could also kind of put in that, you know, couple of top rookie of the year. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we can touch Crystal what she's doing, but man, I mean, that's a that's a big too, right? Like in terms yeah. of just adjusting to the physicality of the W, and you look at who she's in there banging up against every game. Whew! I mean, this Dallas team is good. They're going to continue to get better, and this is a team that also, I mean, the fan base. You've got to remember they they, they a couple years ago they were cheering on Skylar Diggins Smith and Liz Cambage. So. You look at, I mean, I don't want to switch it over, but you look at some other professional franchises yeah. who it takes them a long time to get back going, right? After they have some mm-hmm. dynasty season. Well, look at Golden State. It's taken them a while. Yeah. And I mean, I understand different situations and stuff. But the fact that that front office has been able to go find women that are competing, you know, a, a two years after losing those stars, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and they get a lot of, I mean, from me, they get a lot of crap for losing those two stars, and I was critical of their of their off season um, because it kind of just felt like they were getting stuff to throw against the wall and see what sticks. And you know, I was like, okay, but don't waste the season. They haven't. They've been throwing stuff against the wall all season long. Brian Agler has done <laughs> a really impressive job of both experimenting and winning. Uh, I think every player on this team has gotten a chance to shine, except Megan Gustafson, which. I did, you know, I'd feel bad for her, but the rest of the team has had gotten a really good chance to shine. They've thrown Satu in different positions. They played her at center the other day and it made me, it like almost made me cry tears of joy because I was like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Like this is what I want basketball to be is Satu at center. Uh, Ty Harris has been amazing. Kayla Thornton mm-hmm. has been amazing. And I believe most of these players are um, going to be, under contract for the next three years that was kind of the idea i'm one of i think caleb may be a free agent coming up but the whole team is there for um arike's um three year the three years left on her rookie deal i just i'm really excited for it because you know they kind of tied themselves into this this group but it's working out really really well i love marina mayberry uh marina mayberry with arike gumbawale yeah, yeah, that worked for like, – I mean, you know, it worked for – chemistry. Like, right. they, it worked for Notre Dame to win a title. Yeah. Um, but it also just really works because, you know, Marina's not a player who needs the ball to make plays. Um, she showed off her shooting ability. She's a really, really good spot-up shooter. I love her playing next to Arike Gumbawale because I love Arike with the ball in her hands getting downhill. They've they've run pick and pops like no one's business. I think asked to do – should be a bigger part of this team. I understand why she wasn't earlier in the season. She wasn't playing because they want to they want to see Izzy Harrison and they have all these moving parts. Um, I think she could be a pretty big factor going forward and into the playoffs. And look, I'm not, you know, we just got done talking about the rest of the teams 
that they will be that are going to be in the first round if Dallas should make it again. They, they are pretty tight with Indiana. I think they're going to make it because they have that tiebreaker. But you look but, at who they have yeah. left. Okay, well, we talk right. about the gut check here. They've got Los Angeles, Minnesota, Washington, Seattle, Chicago, and New York, which means four of those teams out of the six mm-hmm. are higher in the standings. They basically have to pour up, uh, put up four, I'll say, upsets, but I think with this Dallas team, yeah. they can compete. So um, when we talk about looking at the measuring stick, where you are right now, some the, how they finish off, I believe they should make a playoff spot because I believe they should be able to win enough of these games um, coming yeah. down the end. And we talk about how young they are. Well, <laughs> the more you play together, the better you get. So at this point mm-hmm. in the season, I think, again, I'm, they're called upsets, but I don't, I don't think if they win some of these ball games, the only one I'd say is an upset if they win is Seattle, <laughs> you yeah. know, but Maybe Los everyone Angeles should. Too. Oh yeah. Los Angeles. You're right. Um, everyone should be watching Dallas, Minnesota, just yeah. because we talk about the Notre Dame backcourt. Mm-hmm. How about that Minnesota backcourt with Dangerfield, but then also of course, put that punch in with Collier, a yep. little bit of a game within the game. I'm I'm excited for that. I, I just I love watching Dallas this year. I think there's so much experimentation. Um, there's so much modern basketball and just like a bunch of stuff being thrown against the wall. A bunch of micro um, adjustments by Brian Agler. I think he, I think he's doing a really good job in a situation that was not the one that he was going to be in. And Greg Bibb also doing a great job. But mainly, Arike Gumbawale yeah. doing an amazing job, being one of the best scorers we have seen across basketball in the past, you know, five years. There, there, there is not many players in any league anywhere better at scoring than Enrique Gumbawale. Okay, we could talk about the Dallas Wings. We could talk about all these teams forever because the basketball has been so amazing. But we have to go. Um, you guys are in store for a great week of basketball talk right here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. So make sure you are subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you're leaving us a rating and a review that really helps us to know what we're doing right, know what we're doing wrong. And it helps us in the math algorithm things on Apple to get us, make sure we get noticed and that we can keep doing this and just keep it locked to WNBA. Make sure you're watching everything. For Amy Audibert, I'm Gabe Ibrahim. Y'all have a great day.